Greetings, thanks to God. This is Pastor Monty Lester, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church located right here in beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And once again, we welcome you into our cyber sanctuary. We welcome you in to come in and hear from heaven today. I'm grateful to God for you. Thank God for each and every one of you that have chosen to spend this moment of time with us today. And I just want to let you know today that you're not here by accident. You're here by divine providence. The spirit of the Lord has something significant that he wants to say and share with you on this Sunday. So we're grateful to God for your presence today. And I want to ask right now, if you would center yourselves, put your mind on heaven and heavenly divine things. Let's get ready to worship. Let's get ready to serve our God. Let's get ready to hear from heaven. You're not here by accident. God has something that he wants to say. And before we even dive into the word today, I want to say thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you that have continued to sow during this season. Yes, Lord, that has continued to serve during this season. Hallelujah. God honors everything that we do. Even if we give a drink of water to the least of his little ones, we would no wise lose our reward. So we're grateful to God. Thank God for you. And I want to encourage you to continue to sow right now. The best way to prosper in this pandemic, the best way to feast even in the midst of a famine is to trust God. And when you sow your time, your talent, and your treasure into God's kingdom, that's exactly what you're saying. Saying, Lord, I trust you. I trust you even though I can't trace you. I'm trusting in your character when I don't understand your methodology. And because I trust you, because you are faithful, Lord, we're sowing. Yes, Lord, we're trusting and believing you to do what only you can do. So we thank you for that. And we pray God's blessings upon each and every one of you. I want you to continue to keep those that have been in sickness, sadness, and suffering in your prayers. Uh, we are the church. We are the church. We are a body of believers that's committed to equipping disciples to positively impact the world uh, through Jesus Christ. And, and if there was ever time that we need the church, the time is now. We're so frequently reminded of everything that's going on in the earth. Uh, so many people are going through hardships and things like that. Uh, so many people that have lost loved ones. And, and we just want to remind you that we're praying for you. We're here for you. Yes, Lord, and we're here to serve you and most importantly to point you to God, who is our true comforter, who is our true healer, who is the one that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Yes, Lord, he's the one that said, yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for I am with you. His rod and his staff will comfort you. We pray God's comfort upon you. We're praying for Sister Melanie. Amen. And the passing of her son. Yes, Lord, we're praying for uh, Sister Janice. Uh, yes, Lord, praying for Sister Batten. Yes, Lord, praying for Sister Elaine. Just praying for all of God's children. And I just want to remind you that we've been made endure for a night. But God said the joy cometh in the morning. And we're just trusting God. Yes, Lord, that he will renew your strength. He will renew you. He'll restore you. He'll restore the joy. He'll turn your frown upside down. But we thank God for each and every one of you. And we'll let you know that we're praying for you during this season. Now, there is a word from heaven that I would love to share with you. I want to call your attention to a phenomenal and famous passage of scripture located in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And I just want to lift up verses 1 through 3. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. And I'm teaching and starting a new sermon series this week. Uh, the sermon series is called uh, A Place Called Heaven. A Place Called Heaven. Amen. And I want to speak from the subject, living for heaven. Living for heaven. Amen. But uh, let us go to the word of God. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. The King James translation says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God believe also in me 
In my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Amen. Let us pause for a moment of prayer. And again, we're going to minister from the subject today, living for heaven. Amen. Let us pray. Precious Lord, we praise you. We thank you for this privilege and pleasure of coming into this place. Lord God, to present your word to these, your people. Lord, we thank you for our every moment of preparation. Lord, we thank you for the anointing. We thank you for every provision that you've provided, oh God, to allow this magnificent, marvelous moment to take place. And now, Lord, we pray that you will let your spirit abide in this place. Take me, your servant, hide me behind your cross. Let no flesh be seen. Let your word and your word alone be glorified. I'm going to say thank you now. Have your way in this place. It's in the name of Jesus that we do pray. Somebody loves him, shout amen. 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 Hallelujah. Living for heaven. Uh, on this week, we buried two gospel giants, two people that are very significant in our lives, the lives of myself as well as my wives and my wife. Amen. One wife. Hallelujah. And then these two giants, they exemplified living and longing for heaven. I'm talking Pastor Danny Chambers as well as Pastor Jasper G. Hatcher Sr., both of these gospel giants exemplified living and longing for heaven. Hallelujah. Yes. And and they were two people that we can look to for examples of what we should do in the earth. But I want to let you know today there's even a more perfect example of living and longing for heaven. Amen. Uh, I want to talk about a man named Jesus. Hallelujah. Who is our perfect example, not only our savior, but also a perfect example in every situation in our lives. As followers of Jesus, we must learn to uh, to lead different lives than others around us. Instead of looking to others as our standard for what is good or right, we must look to Jesus. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 put it this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. And let us run this race with patience uh, that is set before us. Look into Jesus. There it is. Uh, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now is seated on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, yes, Lord, uh, now that we have such a great cloud of witnesses, now that we have a situation in 2020 where so many people are experiencing sickness, sadness, and suffering, where so many people are thoroughly acquainted with disease and dying, where so many people uh, in this season, hallelujah, are reminded of how temporary life can be. Uh, instead of looking to others, God is calling us to look to Jesus who is not only our savior, but again, also our perfect example uh, to, to let us know that we should not just live uh, as if we're going to be on this side of eternity forever. As a matter of fact, our time on this side of eternity is so short so abbreviated compared to uh, the time that we will spend in eternity. And with all the things that are going on, the Spirit of the Lord charged me and challenged me to remind us to live for heaven. Amen. Uh, to live as we understand that this world is not our home. 
Now, we are pilgrims and strangers that are passing through. He reminded me to say, instead of setting the bar of our lives, looking at other successful people, even other successful Christians, we must set the bar at living like Jesus. Jesus valued relationship with the Father. Above anything else, it was Jesus who valued obedience to the Father's will above all other pursuits. It was Jesus that every breath that he breathed was done for the glory of God, the Father, and the fulfillment of his plan in his life. Yes, Lord. And as followers of Christ, you and I are to do the same. Amen. Jesus, when he began his earthly ministry, he said, I, he said you know what? I must be about my father's business. And the last thing that he said before he hung his head and locks of his shoulders is that it is finished. In other words, he was determined to fulfill uh, the will of God for his life. And that's what I want to talk about today. I just want to talk about to live for heaven. Jesus tabernacled here for 33 and a half years. Hallelujah. And he lived not trying to establish an earthly kingdom, but he lived his life to live for heaven. Hallelujah. And, and for you and I, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked today. To live for heaven is to throw off every weight that would hinder us from pursuing the fullness of a relationship with Jesus. Amen. To live for heaven, it means to declare with our thoughts, actions, and emotions that Jesus truly is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and that he is worthy of our lives. To live for heaven is to make as much room in our hearts as possible for Jesus. Amen. Amen. So my challenge to you today is to live for heaven. Amen. To live for heaven today and to discover the wealth of the relationship and satisfaction that's only available to you through soul pursuit as Jesus as Lord and Savior. Well, that brings me to my text today, and I'm trying the best I can to teach this and not to preach uh, like the like I feel it. Amen. Uh, to preach, the preacher in me always wants to sneak out, but I but I want to break it down to you today so that even a child can understand. That brings me to my text. So in this 14th chapter of the Gospel according to Saint John, this is Jesus' last night of earthly ministry. This is the time when he had called his 12 disciples into a large upper room where in the previous chapter, in John chapter 13, he had instituted the ordinances of um, taking on the body and the blood of Jesus, amen, of the lamb, hallelujah, and washing his disciples' feet. It was in that chapter, hallelujah. Now Jesus is ready to go to the cross, hallelujah. And you would think on the last night of ministry, uh, the last night of life on this earth, uh, of his earthly ministry, what would be on his mind? Uh, what would be on his mind? Well, what he tells the disciples that had, he had gathered into the room, he was comforting them. He was telling them to let not your hearts be troubled. Uh, to believe in God, believe also in me. He was telling them about this place called heaven. He said, for in my father's house, uh, there are many mansions. And he was letting them know that I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. And, uh, uh, and then he said, I'm coming back again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. On the last night of his earthly ministry, he was living for heaven. And when I, as we go through the text today, the things I want to highlight, hallelujah, is that uh, there are some things that living for heaven exemplifies. There are certain things that uh, I want to lift up as it relates to what does it mean to live for heaven. Well, number one, living for heaven means, number one, it changes our priorities. Somebody type that on the screen. Yeah. Living for heaven changes our priorities. Hallelujah. Uh, in other words, we're living for our heavenly reward 
hallelujah, uh, that we will ultimately receive instead of focusing our priorities on earthly things. You've heard it said that uh, as you go through your social media pages, hallelujah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all these other things, it's a common expression these days that I'm living my best life now, hallelujah, where people are, uh, uh, will proudly proclaim that I'm living my best life. And they'll post pictures of, of them uh, showing the best side of what they got, hallelujah, their, their cash, their clothes, their cribs, hallelujah, uh, uh, all of these things to, to give the impression and to show others that they're living their best life now, hallelujah. But living for heaven changes our priorities, and, and it does not talk about and emphasize what we're doing right now, amen. Uh, when, we're, uh, uh, when we're living for heaven, it changes our priorities to living our best life for eternity. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not focused on our finances, not focused necessarily on our fame, not focused on flossing. Hallelujah. You're focusing on the Father. Hallelujah. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14, verse number two. He said, in my father's house. Uh, there are many mansions, and uh, if it were not so, I would have told you. He's letting his disciples know on this night that I'm going uh, to prepare a place for you. Uh, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And this place that he's talking about is a place over there, as Job said, where the wicked shall cease from troubling. Over there where the weary shall be at rest. Over there where the streets are paved with gold. Over there that when we leave this life, uh, that we will go to either one or two places even heaven or hell. And what Jesus is telling us and teaching us today is to live with heaven in mind, to, to live as pilgrims and strangers in this earth. Hallelujah. That we understand that this world is not our home. As a matter of fact, Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 in your Bible. He said, foxes have their holes. Uh, and the birds have their nests, um, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. In other words, his priorities were changed. His priority was never uh, establishing a kingdom or, or establishing a palace on earth. And you would think being the son of God, being the one who has father has uh, cattle on a thousand hills, uh, uh, his father who's rich in houses and land, you would think uh, if you had all of that going for you that you would want to floss. Uh, you would be concentrating on your fame. You would be concentrating on your fortune. But Jesus was concentrating on the Father from the beginning. Yes, Lord. Uh, not only did he say foxes have their dens and birds have their nests, but the Son of God has no man, no place to lay his head. He also said in Matthew 6 and 24 that no man can serve two masters. Mm, uh, changes our priorities. Uh, 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 you will either love one or hate the other. It changes our priorities. Our focus is not on what we can accumulate, what we can possess here. Uh, serving two masters. He said you can't serve God and money. In other words, uh, uh, a lot of people will do anything for money, uh, but they. But when it comes to doing what, they, what God has called them to do, our purpose, a lot of times we get stumbled there. Amen. Hallelujah. But Jesus was always uh, uh, focusing on serving his father. As a matter of fact, he's, he's concerned. He's always been concerned about our priorities. You've heard me say it before, but I'll say it again. Even in Exodus, when he was giving the Ten Commandments, uh, the first commandment, he said, thou shall have no other God before me. Exodus 
Exodus 20 in your Bible. Yes, Lord. He was talking about putting him first. And some of you understand if God is not first, he will not be second. Yes. Matthew 6 and 33. Six you first, the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all of these other things uh, shall be added unto you. Do you understand that when you put God first, God has a way of putting you first? Hallelujah. So whatever you stand in the need of, God has a way of providing and he will supply all our need according to his riches and glory. But living for heaven talks about changing our priorities. Yes, Lord, to live with our he live for our heavenly reward. Yes, Lord, uh, understanding that uh, I, I, that Jesus said that I'm, uh, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, uh, that our time on the other side of eternity is much more important than our time on this side of eternity. So number one, living for heaven, it changes our pri priorities. And number two, uh, living for heaven commits us to purpose, commits us to purpose. I'm in verse number one. Uh, on this night uh, where Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, hallelujah, he takes a moment to tell his disciples to let not your heart be troubled. Uh, believe in God, believe also in me. He was telling them to let not your heart be troubled. On this night, uh, when he is getting ready to die, when he is getting ready to end his life uh, on this side of eternity, or his earthly ministry, I should say, uh, what he was doing, he was still comforting. He was still counseling. He was still coaching. Hallelujah. Understanding but that before this time tomorrow that he was going to die. And you would think that after he had done all that he has been called to do, hallelujah, after he had performed all the miracles that he had performed, uh, after he had uh, given sight to the blind, after he had uh, uh, helped the lame to walk, the dumb to talk, even after he had raised the dead, hallelujah, you would think that he would done enough that he should take a day off. Uh, that the focus should be on him and his needs. After all, he was the one that was getting ready to die. But even in the midst of that, he wasn't trying to get comfort from his disciples. He was comforting, coaching, and counseling them. He was telling them, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, believe in God. Believe also in me. In other words, he was committed to purpose. Somebody shout purpose. Yes. Uh, from the, the, the moment that he came on the earth, he was committed to purpose. In other words, he was committed to seeking and surrendering to the will of his father. And even on a night such as this night, he was still committed to seeking and surrendering to the will of his father. He said it this way in John chapter 9, verse number 4. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, because night cometh, yes, and, and no man can work. He was committed to purpose. He, he was saying, I must work. Uh, uh, I must work uh, the works of him that sent me. In other words, I'm not pursuing my own agenda. Uh, when you're living for heaven, you're not pursuing your own agenda. Uh, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, he wasn't considering his own fame. He wasn't considering his own comfort. He wasn't considered e even considering being counseled himself. He was saying, I must work the works of him that sent me. And he said it this way, while it is day. In other words, while I'm still in the earth. He said, I got one more night to live. Yes, Lord, I got one more uh, a day to leave it on the court. Uh, I'm going to be committed to purpose even on this night. Uh, he said, while in his day, he didn't say until he got tired. He didn't work and say he didn't say until he got mad. He didn't say until it got too hard. Uh, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. 
uh, because he knew that night was coming when no man can work. Believe it or not, we have an abbreviated amount of time on this side of eternity. And what God has char charged us and challenging us to do, my brothers and sisters, is to commit to purpose. Amen. So that when the day comes, yes, Lord, when the night cometh to us all, and it is coming, yes, Lord, that we can stand before the Father and hear him say, well done, thy good and, and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. And living for heaven, he was committed to purpose. Yes, Lord, even on this night, yes, Lord, even on this night, that even in the previous chapter when he was facing rejection, and betrayal, even in this night, hallelujah, when he knew that he had nails waiting for his hands, uh, a crown of thorns waiting for his head, hallelujah, when he knew he would die for the sins of mankind, yes, Lord, he was not concerned about his own comfort, uh, but he was committed, uh, uh, when you live for heaven, he was committed to purpose, amen, to seek and to surrender to the will of the Father, hallelujah, and as I get ready to take my seat today, I just want to let you know and remind you that as we live for heaven, yes, Lord, number one, it changes our priorities. Yes, Lord, that we're living for our heavenly reward and not focus on money or anything else material on this side. When we live for heaven, number two, it commits us to purpose that we can seek and surrender to the will of God and, and in his service. Amen. And then number three, not, uh, not only does it change our priorities and co commit us to purpose, but number three, it challenges our preparation. Hallelujah. It challenges our preparation. Amen. I'm trying my best to teach this today, but I feel like raising my voice. Uh, uh, it challenges our preparation. Because uh, in John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, he let his disciples know that I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Uh, uh, he challenges our preparation. But he lets us know also that I will come back again. To receive you unto myself. Amen. Challenges our preparation. And the best way to prepare for heaven, hallelujah, is to believe that he is coming back. And I'm just wondering today, do you believe that Jesus is coming back? Let me ask you this way. Do you, what do you believe? Amen. Because I believe, uh, he says it right here in John chapter 14, verse number one. He said, believe in God, believe also in me. And what I've learned, my brothers and sisters, is that a lot of people believe that there is a God somewhere. Uh, because believe it or not, scientists and other folks cannot help us to understand how you can hang the moon and the stars and, and never have to take it down for maintenance. Hallelujah. They can't understand how uh, the birds uh, don't have to worry about starving. for. Uh, uh, they always know where the worms are. They don't understand. They know that God feeds uh, his eye is on the sparrow and he looks out for each and every one of us. So they understand that there is a God somewhere. But what Jesus is saying, not only to believe in God but to believe also in me. Amen. Living for heaven. Yes, Lord. It, it challenges our preparation. Do you believe it or not? Believe it or not, the, the thing that's going to determine where we spend eternity is what we believe. Uh, do we believe that Jesus is the son of God that came to earth to hang, bleed, and die for the remission of of our sins. Uh, hallelujah. And the question to consider is, what do you believe? Do you believe in God? And do you also believe in me, meaning Jesus Christ? Yes, Lord. Because believe it or not, everything happens when you believe. And believe it or not, nothing happens until you believe. Believe in God. 
believe also in me. And I want to let you know today, I don't know what about you and your house, but, but I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe in the miraculous birth. <laughs> I believe in his crucifixion. Yes. I believe that he hung and bled and died from the sixth to the ninth hour. I believe, yes, Lord, that they buried him in Joseph's new tomb. I believe that he got up early on that Sunday morning. Yes, Lord. I believed in his ascension that he caught the cloud and went back to heaven. And believe it or not, I believe uh, that he is going to return. Hallelujah. That he is coming back. Uh, I'm going away to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And believe it or not, I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Nothing happens until you believe, but everything happens when you believe. And if you, uh, while you're here on this earth, in this season, where we're so reminded of how temporary life can be. The most important thing that you can do is believe in Jesus. Amen. Not only for salvation, but surrendering unto him and his will and his way. Amen. All of the wonders of creation provide us boundless uh, uh, and unadulterated relationship with Jesus. But out of all the wonders of creation, hallelujah, everything that creation provides, uh, a boundless and unadulterated, unadulterated relationship with Jesus is the thing that exceeds them all. Uh, James Cleveland put it this way. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Does anybody know that Jesus is the best thing you, you will ever know? Hallelujah. Do you understand it is uh, because of Jesus, his love is his love that restores us, his love that satisfies us, is his love that transforms us, is his love that re receives us and heals us. Do you know that Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to us? Hallelujah. Uh, because of Jesus, it's his grace that empowers us. It is his grace that brings us peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is the best thing that can ever happen to us. Uh, not only his love, his grace, but his nearness. Yes. His nearness is what restore, re, uh, resolves in uh, the great fears of our heart. Hallelujah. And his kingship uh, calls us into a right lifestyle for living for heaven rather than the pursuit of that which is worldly and fleeting. And I want to let you know today that we only have a limited space in our hearts. Hallelujah. Uh, we can't pursue everything. And I just believe that even in this season, and I want to just teach this today, that God is really just trying to center us, uh, to focus us back on Jesus and the most important thing that we can do. Yes, he's canceled our appointments. We don't have to go to all these other places. I know some people are getting COVID fatigue and you're ready to go back and do all the things. Yes, we all are. Hallelujah. But uh, but even in the midst of all of that, the most important thing we can do instead of pursuing all of these worldly pursuits is to pursue a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, not to pursue a monument of materialism, not to see how big and how bad we can be, how how we can floss over our fame and our fortune and our finances, but to have a relationship with the father through Jesus, our Lord. And Jesus told us that this is the time that now we need to make a choice. Hebrews 11 and 1 put it this way. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So right now, while the blood is running warm through our veins, right now, while we still have the opportunity, uh, right now, before death meets our doorstep, what we need to do is initiate and cultivate a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Yes, Lord. But not only did he say, I'm going away, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. John 14 and 3. Amen. And the question to consider is, where will you spend eternity when Jesus comes back? Hallelujah. Where will you spend eternity? Because believe it or not, there's only two places, smoking or non-smoking. It's either heaven or hell. And the things that determines the, the thing that term, determines where we live is just this. Uh, where we spend eternity is, is this, is if we will live for heaven. When God is calling us to change our priorities, uh, God is challenging us to commit. Uh, living for heaven commits us to purpose. Living for heaven challenges our preparation. The Bible says this, and I'm through. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 8, verse number 36. What profit a man to gain the world? And to lose his soul. Uh, regardless of what you accomplish on this side of eternity. Hallelujah. If you don't receive Christ as your savior. Your living will be in vain. So I want to challenge you to consider your preparation today. Are you prepared to meet Jesus when he comes back? And if you're ready. I want to challenge you to stay ready. But if you're not ready. I want to challenge you to get ready. He challenges our preparation, yes, Lord, because regardless of what you accomplish on this side of heaven, if you develop a cure for cancer, even if you develop a cure for COVID, hallelujah, if you die and miss heaven, your living would be in vain. Hallelujah. And Jesus said this, you know what? He said, what profit a man to gain the world and to lose his soul in Mark chapter 836. But he went on to say this in Mark chapter 838, same chapter, that who, whoever Therefore, shall be ashamed of me, in my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also the Son of Man will be ashamed of when he come before the Father uh, and his holy angels. In other words, if you deny Christ on this side of eternity, guess what? He will deny you on that side of eternity. And the word of God is true today. So my challenge and my charge to you, hallelujah, as we uh, just listen to this simple sermon today, hallelujah. We're living for heaven. He died for us. We ought to live for him. Living for heaven, it changes our priorities. It's not about what we can accumulate, not what, what assets we have. Hallelujah. It's living for our heavenly reward. Yes, Lord, changes our priorities, commits us to purpose, and then challenges our preparation. Because believe it or not, if you never thought about him coming back, you ought to think about it this day. He's coming back. And he's going to start at the church. He's looking for a church without a spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And I don't know about you, but I want to remind you today that the death, when it comes to the saint, the saints of God, it ushers us from the ones that we love to the one that loves us most. So the question to consider is, have you surrendered to him? Have you, have you received him as Savior? And if you're saved, have you surrendered to his will tonight, today? And if that's uh, your testimony today, or if that's not your testimony, we want to give you an opportunity to surrender all today. Hallelujah. To surrender to him. It's as easy as ABC to get saved. Hallelujah. Accept, believe, and confess. Accept the fact that you're born a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the son of God that died for your sins. And make that confession with your mouth. You can be saved. You can be saved today. Hallelujah. But I just want to let you know that that's just the beginning. Because even after we're saved, hallelujah, God wants us to be surrendered, to be just like Jesus, to say, not my will, but thy will be done. To look to Jesus as the author 
and the finisher of our faith. He's able today. He can save you right now. As a matter of fact, I want to give you this opportunity because what I do believe in this time of electronic evangelism, hallelujah, that God is sending out the word to, to more people that will ever come into our sanctuary, our physical space during this season. And he just reminded us that in this time to make sure that we're saving souls. So if you're here today, if you're listening to this message, I said it before, but I'll say it again. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine providence. Jesus died for he wants you to be saved. He wants you to spend eternity in his presence and relationship with him. So if you're here today and you're listening to this message, I want you to pray this simple prayer. It's a prayer of salvation. Yes, Lord, to receive Christ as your Lord, receive him as your savior. It's the best thing that will ever happen to you. He'll give you brand new life, new life abundantly. If you're ready, are you ready? Let's pray today. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I believe today that Jesus is the son of God. I believe today that he died for my sins. And I confess right now with my mouth what I believe in my heart. Save me now. Cleanse me now. Renew me now. Restore me now. And because you died for me, I'm going to live for you. I receive it now. In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. 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 And if you prayed that simple prayer, amen, we want you to reach out to us. We want you to connect with us. Hallelujah. We want you to let you somebody know too. Uh, let somebody in your family know that you're saved today. Hallelujah. And we're just believing God for even some baptisms in this season. Yes, Lord. And when we're able to connect all of that good stuff, yes, Lord, we're going to be saving and baptizing the souls that have received Christ during this season. During this season. Hallelujah. We believe that. So you can connect with us. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, you can just email us at info at cedargrovechurch.org. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Yes, Lord. Uh, and we want to let you know that we love you and God loves you even more. Hallelujah. The word of God for the people of God and the people of God did say. Amen. 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 God bless you and may he ever keep you is our prayer. <laughs>